You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We do have a new caller today, so why don't we go ahead and get started with said new caller. Uh, this is Coda Trump, Montana. Hello, Pack Daddy. First time caller, just want to rant about a good old Colin Cowherd. Um, it's interesting that he can't find any footage, talks about the Loch Ness Monster, but he's got oodles of reports about how he can't process defenses. So I, I don't know, maybe Jordan Love doesn't exist. So I went to Google, turns out he is the quarterback of the Packers. Okay. And all kinds of stories about how owning day three at camp, uh, 60-yard touchdown pass on the money. Hmm. And many of these actually have clips with the stories. But there is one story that he picked out out of the six or seven positive ones that's like an anonymous coach, that offensive coach. Yep. And he said he doesn't know if he's going to be good or not. I don't know what to say about him, but it seems like he can't process defenses or it's not very, you know, mechanical. That's what... uh Apparently, you can write, you can go off on that, and that's it. End of story. In fact, he did a show today where he has him down at uh, <clears throat> like zero percent chance for like an outbreak year, like zero percent that he's the real deal. And he's already talking about next year's draft class and how the Packers can find their quarterback, and that's it. Yep, that's what he's down to. There's a zero percent chance that Jordan Love is a good quarterback. Wow. Anyway, thanks for taking my call, and uh, yeah, goodbye. Apparently, I'm not keeping up on the Colin Coward stuff. I post stuff about him all the time, and I'm way behind. I haven't heard a lot of this. I know some of it is what the video, part of the video that I played. And yeah, I mean, if we look, it comes from Mike Sando. And, and you're absolutely right. He's cherry-picking. He's choosing what he likes and what he doesn't like. I mean, there are plenty of positive videos. There are plenty of positive comments. There are plenty of par- positive articles. He seems to find the negative ones and then explicitly say that that's all that's out there, which is completely untrue. But Mike Sando put together NFL quarterback tiers 2023. Mahomes, Burrow, take over tier one. Hurts, vaults to tier two. 
I don't know who creates these tiers, but it says voters put 30 veteran quarterbacks into five tiers, from best, tier one, to worst, tier five. Quarterbacks were then ranked by average vote and placed into tiers based on vote distribution, beginning with Mahomes, whose 1.0 average vote reflects his status as a unanimous tier one selection. No quarterback landed in tier five this year, although some received tier five votes. This survey includes rookies because voters have uh, doesn't include uh, rookies because they haven't seen them, et cetera, et cetera. So he asked, um, well, it says here, this year the 50 league insiders who placed 30 veteran quarterbacks into tiers include eight general managers, 10 head coaches, 15 coordinators, 10 executives, four quarterback coaches, and three involved in coaching slash analytics. So 50 people voted. 49 put Jordan Love in tier four. One put Jordan Love in Tier 3. Here is what Colin Coward quoted. It's the first one. And I don't believe he even quoted the first part. Here's the full quote. We have no idea what this guy is. My initial read is that he doesn't process the game well enough. I don't see a natural, smooth, instinctive player the way he reacts to defense. I believe that's the one he quoted. So to be very clear, he says, We have no idea, but my initial read based on very little information, is that he doesn't process the the game well enough, not natural, smooth, and instinctive. The second note, which comes from, let's see, so that was an offensive coach. The second note comes from an executive who basically talks about Matt LaFleur, and we're going to find out how good Matt LaFleur is. And then the only third note, so out of 50 people, we got three notes. It says, you've got Jair Alexander out there saying Love is the best quarterback in the league, but those are pretty big shoes to fill, a GM said. I haven't seen enough to feel comfortable going into the season like they are, saying this is our guy. I would be a little hesitant if I were them to do that, but it is what it is. That is where they took him and where they are. So there isn't a ton of information here. And most of the negativity comes from the lack of information. But Colin Coward is taking the negativity as negativity. In other words, he's saying, well, everybody knows that he's just bad. No. Well, I'm saying he's going to be bad. Because everybody else is saying he's bad. No. There's, there's two things here. There's number one, we don't know. And number two, what I've seen hasn't been my favorite. And I'll be honest, I would agree. In totality, if you took every single pass that he's thrown, preseason and regular season, put it all together and call it a game, that game sucked. That's true. But the point is, there, there's nothing here that says, I know that he's bad. There's nothing. And Colin Coward making it worse and worse and worse is just silly. I mean, he, he is, he's very disconnected from what's actually going on because it's been mostly positive about Jordan Love. I mean, to be very clear, he's thrown less interceptions than Justin Fields has, and Justin Fields has more hype than just about anybody else. Now, Colin Coward hates Justin Fields also, so at least we can agree with him on that. But as does most of the league, by the way, which is hilarious. Everybody's hyping up Justin Fields, but if you ask around the league, uh, they actually voted him as 21st. And there's flat-out quotes in here saying um, the hype does not match the tape, essentially. But yeah, he's, he's just, he's a goofball, man. Um, he, he, he tries to find the negative, right? He's been ignoring all the positive stuff that's come out that Packer fans are excited about. He waits for some guy to drop an article that says one bad quote about Jordan Love from a random offensive person not associated with the Green Bay Packers and then uses that as additional information in this pile of information that he's been compiling about Jordan Love, which of course is biased, but it's just, it's, it's, it's dishonest nonsense is what it is. He might be garbage, I have no idea, but what Colin Coward is doing is, is blatantly dishonest. Anyways, I appreciate the call, and for the record, um, 
Google put you down as Coda Trump from Montana. So that's what you're going to be. You are Coda Trump from Montana. I think it's supposed to be Trout, but it puts you down as Trump. So there you go. Hey, Denver from California. What's up? I, uh, I want to call my shot right now for uh, week one against the Bears. Okay. Last year, they opened up the passing game with a deep shot to Watson. I think this year's passing game is going to open up with a deep shot down on a, uh, basically like a skinny post down the center to Musgrave. I think they're going to line up, uh, three wide with, uh, Musgrave in the, uh, in the F, F roll, right? And it's going to be, um, you know, two nine balls with, uh, Christian on the outside, Jaden in the slot, and then in that S tight end spot, here it's going to be, Luke Musgrave, and I think because they play a lot of cover too, the Bears. I think he's going to split the coverage right there, and uh, he's going to go deep. They're going to just go out and attack right at the beginning of the game, just like they did last year. So I think we are aggressive. So I think that's going to be uh, what we do. Call him a shot. Go back, go. Fair enough. I'm going to take the easy route and say that's not what happens, just because obviously there's a lot of other options. <laughs> so the odds are in my favor on that. But the other thought that I would... Well, two other thoughts. Number one, I think they're going to be real cautious with Jordan Love, and they're going to try to get him some easy completions early on. So I don't think there's going to be any shots. Um, not saying throughout the entire game. They're going to build up to that. I think they're going to start easy. They're going to start handoffs, um, you know, short, quick slants. They've been working a ton on slants. I think there's going to be a bunch of those quick outs, wide receiver screens. They just want to make sure that that he gets comfortable. Second of all, the Chicago Bears team is terrible, but if there's anywhere that they might actually be well above average, it's linebackers and safeties. So, you know, attacking with uh, tight ends in the middle of the field, not saying it's impossible. I mean, if if the scheme dictates such, then fine, but that's, um, I guess that's my initial thought on that. But if you're right, feel free to remind me. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Joe Janitor. Sure is. What's up, man? What's up? How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. Glad good. everything's good. Good. So, um... You should start saying terrible. I must be around day four of training camp now. Um, Jordan Love, looking pretty good for all those haters. Sometimes. I guess see some, uh, season, but nice team hints net video uh, we're seeing, you know? Yeah. Mostly good stuff. Um, Serious excited, excited for Jordan Love. Uh, anyway, wanted to touch on something again. Um, you were uh, talking about tools and um, pretty much kind of like what would a janitor know about tools? Well, janitor knows a couple things. Anyway, there's things that you call um, occupational tools, right? That's... Um, kind of like secretary uses her laptop. That's a tool at her work. Or you got a mechanic that uses wrenches. Or you got the lowly janitor like myself that uses plungers a lot and, uh, you know, brooms and mops and uh, several other different types of tools, you know, occupational tools, that that is. But um, Joe the janitor is also a real man. And, um, yeah, I drink Baps Blue. Anyway, Damn. real man. I actually use tools 
when I'm home, you know, it's not always just a janitor. I do have other hobbies, you know, like, um, kind of, you know, I like working on dirt bikes and quads. That, that takes tools, hand tools and power tools. And, um, you know, I got to change oil on vehicles, you know, I got to do maintenance to lawnmowers and, and several other things where I got a couple acres, so I got to keep up with the yard, you know. That's, uh, that's the tools there too. Then you got, like, um, when I go hunting, you know, bow and arrow, uh, or your shotgun, that, that's the tool you have to be using at that, for, for, for that job, is that task at hand, I should say. So, um, yeah, Joe Jenner knows a little bit about tools, mostly use snap on stuff, which I wouldn't expect you, Ryan, to have ever heard of that, but, uh, the Milwaukee have. stuff is good stuff, so if you're gonna go with that, stick with it. Um, I don't think anyone will argue that Milwaukee nor Snap-on tools are are bad quality. Um, but I also use some Husky stuff too. Anyways, let's go Packers. Shalom. Yep, Snap-on tools is a Milwaukee company actually. Uh, it's headquartered in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where I used to live. So yep, I know all about Snap-on tools. But I appreciate the update on um, different items that you use throughout your life. That's Thank you for that. And I uh, hope things are going well in your life with your tools. Hey, what's going on? Ryan Chris from Alabama. Put it. Uh, just got through getting a little glimpse of today's practice, first padded practice. And a couple of uh, plays that kind of made it to the internet that I saw. Jordan Love, Jordan Love, looking pretty, looking pretty good. You know, he probably had some ups and downs. I, I just got a chance to kind of look at everything, so I really haven't looked at any tweets or anything about how the whole practice went. I just grabbed a couple of clips, but for what I see, it seems like he looks pretty good. I know it's just training camp. No, he's just getting started. I'm just trying to be optimistic, man. And a little rolled away past the, to Jane Reed. That's crazy. That Reed dropped, man. He was rolling away like he threw it, falling away off, off his back foot and put that thing right on the money. Reed should have came down with that, but yeah, he's looking nice, man. He's looking nice, man. I don't know. You know, it seems like he's getting better every day. Like I said on my other call, man, I just, I just saw the clips, man. And, I don't know. I might be a little over-optimistic, but, yeah, <laughs> he's looking nice to me, man. But we shall see if he continues to uh, improve, improve in that aspect. So, hopefully, he, he keeps up on the uptick and, you know, just continues to improve and get better and better each practice. That's all we can ask for, man. Uh, go, Pat, go, and I'll talk to you later. Yeah, I think I go back and forth every single day between he's going to be really good and he's going to be really bad. Um, every little thing that happens changes my perspective. So um, Monday was good, Tuesday was bad, so I'm on the downswing a little bit. Plus, we don't need to get into it, but Jair made some comments that made me just kind of cringe a little bit. <laughs> Jair, who pumped him up, said he was the greatest quarterback in the NFL. Um, has some new comments that, uh, you know, I'm probably reading too much into, so again, we don't need to get into it, but I heard it, and I was like, oh, crap, is it really that bad? Dang it. All right, well, whatever. So I'm I'm on the downswing a little bit. I'm a little down on the, you know, as far as my 
how much would you bet he's going to be good? That 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 pile of money has gotten small, but you know, comes out uh, swinging tomorrow and puts up a few more of those Pat Mahomes looking clips. I'm gonna be right back on top, man. Slap another hundo right on the table. Boom, he's gonna take over the league. Done, freaking deal. Hey Ryan, Chris from Alabama again. What this up? is what I wanted to uh, kind of talk about. All right. I know a lot of people probably have called by now to uh, talk about the the pick cut that old uh, Aaron Rodgers had took. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of that online. People upset about it. I mean, I get it why you would be upset, but being being honest, man. I mean, it is what it is, you know, and that's what he wanted to do. He took a pay cut for him, and he feel like, I guess he's trying to maximize his chance to try to, I guess you want to say, stick it to us or trying to win it, win a Super Bowl or whatever he's trying to do. I mean, hey, if that's what he want to do, it is what it is, man. It ain't no use of, you know, ain't no use of getting upset about that, man. Yeah, he could have did that here. And, and he definitely would have had way better chances of winning Super Bowls. And you can't say if he would have did that instead of taking this monster contract, he probably still had the Buntes. There's a lot of there's a lot of ifs and shoulda, woulda, couldas that can go along with that. But you know, ain't no ain't no use of crying over spill milk, man. That man want to do that, and he think that's gonna maximize his chances. Hey, I'm all for it. So. You know, I still don't think it's going to do no good, but, you know, it is what it is, man. So, I mean, you know you're going to have the the Rogers crowd that's going to be like, well, if they would have treated him better, he would have took the uh, pay cut here and management treat him bad. And then you're going to have folks on the other side like, man, that's, that's garbage. You know, he could have did this here, blah, blah, blah. But, you know. Uh, it's water on the bridge now, man. You know, we got to focus on what we got now and, and, and focus on how we can maximize the young talent that we got and, and see how how long uh, of a window that we can have with these young guys that we got, the quarterback that we got, hopefully that he can be good. If not, we might have to go another way. You know, time to start over, man. We got to leave the past in the past. Say bygones, be bygones, and... And just, it is what it is, man. But, yeah, I just wanted to throw my little two cents in on that, you know. There's no sweat. It It is what it is. Is that what you want to do? That's what you want to do. But I'm done for the day. I might call back tomorrow or sometime or another. So go back, go, and I'll talk to you then. Yeah, I mean, I guess my thought is I'm looking forward to when I can leave the past in the past. But it's not the past right now. It's the present. Right, all the stuff that he's doing right now, he's doing right now. Um, so right now, he is sort of the anti the face of the anti-Packers crowd, and so I don't like that. And um, yeah, I mean, all the stuff that he did, it, it just it just changes my opinion of of him. You know, I mean, it's 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 not about well, leave it in the past. It's like no, I, I you know, I'm I'm building a picture of who you are. My opinion of you is based on who you are and what you have done and what you are doing. You know, I talked to Matt Ramage last night and it's, it's kind of, it's very similar to the Zadarius thing. I, I thought Zadarius was the greatest freaking guy in the world. He came in, he shaped our culture. He did all these things. 
And then at some point he decided to flip the bird to the entire team and to the coaches and to the organization. And he went to the Vikings because he wanted to be able to kick the crap out of the Packers. And it's like, okay, screw you, I guess. And yeah, you, I mean, anybody could have jumped up with the same argument that they are about Rodgers. Like, well, how could you say that? What it look what all he did for the Packers and you're ungrateful. No, I, 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 I love what he did, but then he changed and I don't like what he is now. And now that he left the Vikings, it's a little bit easier to kind of move on from it, but there's still going to be that little bit of a stain of like, well, he's kind of a douchebag. So yeah, I, I don't like the way that he acted. So that's just, that's just shapes my current opinion of him. And again, as long as he's still in the NFL, there's always going to be this, you know, and it's, it's kind of funny because a big part of the reason that there's always going to be this contention between Rodgers and the Packers is because of the exact people that tell me I need to move on. I can't move on because you won't let me move on. Because what's going to happen if Rodgers succeeds and the Packers fail? You're going to throw it in my face. That's why. I'm not talking about you, Chris. I'm talking about the pro-Rodgers people who cannot wait to use the Rodgers situation as a weapon against me, against the fan base, and against the team. So since you have turned Rodgers into a weapon against me and against this team, I have no choice but to root against him. I don't like being hit with weapons. So the last people in the world I want to hear from telling me that I'm not allowed to talk about Aaron Rodgers are the exact people that are putting me in the position where I have no choice but to root against Aaron Rodgers. So yes, when it's all done, when he's out of the NFL, when he comes back a Packer, I cannot wait to put it all behind us. But unfortunately, as long as he's in the NFL, this is how it's going to be, especially this year. We'll see how it materializes beyond this. Maybe he goes off somewhere else. I don't know. But this year, no, it, it ain't behind. Um, again, the, the pay cut really was a big F you to the entire organization, to his old teammates, to the fan base. Maybe it was the right thing to do. I don't know, but maybe it was the right thing to do when he was here too. And then for him to complain about not having any weapons the whole time. He's going to maximize the money that he gets and then complain about not getting any weapons. And then he goes over to the Jets and he brings over the exact same weapons that he was given here because apparently now he likes all those guys. The exact same offensive coordinator that was brought in here for him, but now it's all perfect. Now it's great. Now now he loves the situation he's in, so much so that he wants to get a pay cut because he understands that that's how you get extra weapons and whatnot. As if if he ever would have gone to Brian Gutekunst and said, hey, if I take a massive pay cut, would you be willing to get a wide receiver? I'm sure he was like, no, get out of my office, stupid, ugly, freaking douche. I bet that's how that conversation went. Except that conversation never happened because Rodgers never would have taken a pay cut for Gutekunst. So, for a lot of reasons, I just want this season to end. I just I just want it to go away. Like, it, it just feels like everybody from all sides is just kicking the Packers. The national media is so excited to just spit on the Packers. The rest of the NFC North is so happy to spit on the Packers. And we've got a big portion of the fan base that's doing the exact same thing, which just pisses me off beyond belief. The amount of people that have nothing better to do than to attack this team even more viciously than most other people do, even even NFC North rival fans do. Hey, Pack Daddy. Uh, since you said you didn't have a whole lot of calls, figured I would call in. So, um, so this is my high thought of the day. Uh, I was cleaning the house after having a bit of a gummy, and I realized that the Super Bowl um, is only two days away from Valentine's Day. And our quarterback's last name, I think you know. I think you know. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Go, Pat, go. Fair enough. Also, 
Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> no, no, that was a that's, a that's a good thought. That's I'm sure we could play that up if we get to that point, you know, as far as playing up the whole Valentine's Day love thing. So, fair enough. What's going on? It is Carson from Cleveland, Ohio. What's up? And um, I was kind of thinking today, I was DMing like a Packers group chat on Instagram, and um, they were talking about how like the Packers offense is really young and all that stuff. Um, and it made me think about last year, the, the Jets, and how they drafted a lot of young guys, and they all turned out to be pretty good. And so they had like this really young team with a good defense, but then they just had like a really bad quarterback. And so they didn't make it to the playoffs, but I think they won like eight games. And so it got me thinking like this Packers team is kind of like last year's Jets team, which is kind of funny because this year's Jets team is kind of like last year's Packers team. But um, anyways, I was thinking like how fun would it be this year to have like a last year's Jets type team but just with a good quarterback. If Jordan Love ends up being good, which from what I've seen from training camp, obviously like it's just training camp, but he's been balling. And so if the Packers have like a good defense with a really young team that all our young guys kind of turn out to be what we expect them to be, then we have a good quarterback. Then we have like pretty much that eight-win Jets team with a good quarterback. That's like a 10-11 win team, maybe going on a little playoff run, obviously like thinking Super Bowl right now is super unrealistic, but I mean, this could be a super fun team to watch. And obviously we've been thinking that like all off season that this team is going to be fun to watch, but like realistically this team could be like the Jets from last season. And if they are, I think this season is going to be an absolute blast because we could win double digit games with ease if Jordan Love ends up being good. And so what do you think about that comparison? Uh let me know. And yeah, I was just trying to give you some uh, ideas about what this team could be. So, see you later. Go Petco. Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking as you were talking, it would take too much time, so we'll stick with the Jets, but I wonder what a good comparison would be, you know, as far as, like, what, what should our expectations actually be for the Packers' defense? Because we know that the talent didn't match the production. Should we expect to be something like the Jets? Um, it's somewhat hard to say, but I think you can make somewhat of a comparable case. Sauce Gardner was better last year than Jair was, and it's possible that Sauce is just going to stay better than Jair. I don't know what his trajectory is, right? He, he came in as, he was graded as the number one corner in football as a rookie. So, although I think regression is somewhat possible, I also think he's probably going to remain one of the best throughout. They do have three solid corners. I think across the board, they're probably better, right? So they had the number one Number 23, and in the slot they have 18th. Remember, Keyshawn Nixon really wasn't that great. And uh, Razul is probably about the same, so maybe kind of similar, but the Jets are slightly better at corner. Um, they are very deep at edge, similar to what we have. Uh, I think they've got about four guys that you could call pretty legit pass rushers. And you could probably get kind of close to that, potentially five if you have Rashawn back. But I think we would be in a better situation with Rashawn than what they have. However, they have Quinn and Williams, who ranked fourth along the defensive line. So I would say the defensive fronts are actually somewhat similar. Um, I, I think Rashawn is better than any pass rushers they have. Quinnen is better than any defensive tackles. But they also have just kind of suspect guys along the defensive line aside from that. Linebackers, we have a better group. Safeties, they have a better group. So it's it's 
somewhat comparable. They might be slightly better than than the Packers' defense is. But I do think generally it is a pretty comparable group. Actually, maybe a better comparison might be the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they were sixth in points allowed last year, 16th in yards allowed. And I kind of feel like we're just sort of an upgraded version of them. They have terrible safeties. I mean, really just bad. Solid linebackers, which I think is what we're going to have. Pretty good corners across the board, but not necessarily elite. They rank 33rd, 45th, and 59th. I think Jair would be an upgrade over Chidobe Awuzie. I think Razul is probably an upgrade over Taylor Britt. And then um, Mike Hilton, who, I, who they have in the slot, is probably an upgrade over Keyshawn Nixon. They've got Hendrickson off the edge, who's really good. Not well, maybe he is about Rashawn. I don't think I think Rashawn is slightly better, but probably pretty close. And then after that, it's 60s and 70s, which is pretty much the Packers. Um, I don't want to spend a ton of time just doing it live, but well, let, let me just put it this way. Let me put a much more positive spin on it. The Packers have the potential to have as much or more talent than the 49ers. And they say, well, that's ridiculous. They got Bosa, and Bosa was the third best pass rusher. You're saying Rashawn can't be at least close to that. Yeah, the number six corner. Jair can pull that off. The problem is they don't have a lot of depth outside of that. Their other corner, garbage. Their other pass rushers, garbage. So it might not be the, the best comparison because they just have like a different structure, differently structured defense. But I, I guess the point is they absolutely have enough talent to get it done. We just need, I, again, it's so hard for me to answer because I don't know because I've never seen it. When was the last time I saw the Packers with just the most elite defense in the NFL? It was when I was a child in like 1997, but it's an attitude and it's a culture and they, they just haven't figured that aspect of it out yet, right? We, we have a bunch of individuals that are good at football. We don't have a coach that has been able to put those individuals together as, as one solid, freakishly horrifying unit. But anyways, I, I, I guess ultimately I agree that if that defense can pull that off, in fact, it's really, I mean, let's be honest, it's really not that much of a question, right? We had a bad defense and a subpar quarterback, and wide receivers that were injured slash didn't have any idea what they were doing, tight ends who were essentially useless. Let's just be completely honest about it. They were they served no function in an offense aside from Mercedes blocking. We had two running backs. One was good. One had a down year. I mean, you know, it's it's not that hard to to draw a line between where we were last year and winning, what, two more games than last year? I, again, the the only reason I think that we don't get there is those things don't improve, right? We get nothing from Dylan, we get nothing from the receivers, we get nothing from the defense, or we do see growth in those areas or a return to normalcy in those areas, and Jordan Love is just putrid. And I think, honestly, that's just where most people are at. Jordan Love's going to be putrid and, and everything else stays about the same as it was last year, which is to say just not a very good football team, which, I don't know, man, maybe that is the case. I just, I don't know why that would be the assumption. Any hoozy, what's it? Why don't we take a break? Uh, please check out grassfedcooperative.com if you'd like uh, some high-quality grass-fed beef sent directly to your home. There's no better place to do it. Grassfedcooperative.com. Use promo code PACKER10, capital P, PACKER10 for 10% off your order. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. 
when I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, to clarify uh, about our... Oh, by the way, sorry, sorry, sorry. You, you don't know who this is. It's Jersey Mike. Hey, yeah, right. Jersey um, Mike. <clears throat> to clarify, uh, you're talking about, uh, you know, finding somebody's bumper, I'm doing 140, you're in the left lane, you know, doing... Let's say, let's say the speed limit 65, you're doing 70, which is exactly, you know, what you should be doing. Um, I, I'll be honest, don't move. Yeah. If, if I'm doing 140 miles an hour, there's something, there's a few things that can happen. Um, number one, I'm going to be coming up on you from a while back, and I've, I've already seen you. Um, so I've already decided kind of what my plan is to do. Um, if you stay in that left lane, the right lane's open, I'm going to go around you in the right. Don't. Um, mm. But if, you know, you you want to pick it up, or like, like, let's say, yeah, you're in the left lane, there's a car in the right. I'm going to slow down well before I reach you. Um, yeah. You know, it, like I said, if conditions dictate um, how, how I'm driving. So there are certain roads, like I said, that I'll be doing 140, but there's not that many people. And there's some roads that I'm doing 140, and there's a few people on the road. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to give everybody proper distance, right? Um, if it's the kind of road where there's random uh, people that could be pulling out onto the highway, I'm not, I'm not going at that speed, uh, especially when you're talking about long, blind, sweeping corners. You know, like, the, you, you got to be careful. you got to know what you're doing. Um, and on top of that, when it comes to, let's say you're in the left lane, I'm doing 140, I come up out of nowhere, um, and I need to slam on the brakes. Uh, I've got, you, you might not have any clue what I'm talking about, but I got carbon ceramic brakes. Um, they're, they're train horns, or, or train, it sounds like a train when I'm coming up to a stop sign. Like if I am not stepping on the brakes very hard, and I'm, I'm slowing down, all you hear is, and everybody thinks my brakes are broken. Um, they're, they're made for a track car, a car that's going to see the track. Tires, same way. Um, super grippy, super gummy, 
I, I can drop from 140 down to, you know, 20 miles an hour as, as fast as a car from 75, 80 can, uh, on an order normal road. So those are, those are things that you take into account. So I just wanted to let you know. Um, yeah, we're definitely being safe out here. And then on, on the front of the motorcycles, um, yeah, you're not responsible if you hit me when I'm lane splitting. I, I give you full absolution, anybody. Um, because my whole idea when I'm lane splitting, especially that, but that fast in any kind of traffic is I don't want you to know I'm there at right. all. I, the only time I want you to. And usually I don't, right? I mean, that's, I, I, I don't see it until you're past me. And then I usually get pissed off because I have a heart attack. Like, dude, what if I had moved? Which I wouldn't because you're probably doing it in between two cars. But in my mind, it just freaks me out because it's like, I didn't know you were there and I could have killed you any second. And I have a heart attack about that. You know, I'm there is when I'm past you. So that way I can react to you and you're not reacting to me. And I can I can kind of dictate things. But anyway, go back, go. Yeah, the, the only thing... And this wouldn't. There isn't a situation where I'd be in the left lane and you would just pass me on the right. Because if there's nobody on the right side of me, I would be in the right lane. But just to flip sides, that's how you would handle it. That's not how I would handle it. I would get right up on that person's bumper. Because you're not supposed to be in the left lane. If there's nobody next to you, you don't need to be here. This is, this is the passing lane. Okay? If you're good just coasting, then you get in the right lane. That's how that works. And I, I don't necessarily fault anybody. Eventually, I will get into the right lane. I just have incredible patience. And by that, I mean I have no patience for these people. And I'm, I'm going to take my frustration out by just riding their bumper. Some people, it's just like instant. Like, oh, you're here. You shouldn't be here. Whatever. I'm just going. That doesn't make me mad because I get it. We want to get around this person. But my wife will even tell me, just go around. I'm like, no, I shouldn't have to. That's, that's exactly how that conversation goes. Just go around them. They're, they're being stupid. No, I shouldn't have to. He should move or she should move, or whoever that person is, is the one that's supposed to move. So other cars will go around me and that car. But yeah, I'm not, I'm, I would not. I would, I would just pull right up to your bumper because you need to move. If you're passing, then whatever. Slow down, just ride it out. It is what it is. But again, once there's an opening, you need to get over, right? Just, just as a courtesy, get over. You can speed back up. The only time it gets like a little bit tough is, let's say the speed limit's 70, you're doing 80. And there's like kind of a lot of traffic. And the right-hand lane is doing, like, right at 70. I don't want to do 70. Now, if it's one car, I'll get over, I'll slow down to 70, I'll let you pass, I'll get back in the left lane, I'll speed back up. But what if there's a row of, like, 100 cars? I'm going to be stuck doing 60 the whole time, or 70, or whatever. So now I'm in a tough spot. Do I, out of courtesy to the entire group of people who want to go way too fast, in my estimation... And the only reason the rest of these cars are going this fast is they don't care. Like, the guy up in front's the one that's going to get pulled over, so if, if he wants to do 90, I'll just do 90 the whole way. I don't care. The courtesy to all of these people, get over and get stuck in this ridiculously slow lane and let everybody pass me. Do I speed up and go way faster than I'm comfortable? Going like 15, 20 over, which I don't want to do. And I'm now the one at the front of the caravan, so the police are going to pull me over. Or do I just stay here? Because I feel that 80 and a 70 is reasonable, and everybody in this lane that disagrees can just shove it. I don't know. Depends on my mood, I guess, what I'm going to do in that situation. Hey, Ryan. Daniel from California. What up? So, I called the morning of the first training camp practice, and I, w I mentioned that Travis Kelsey had said on a podcast that they seen... This guy, when he was young, he was making these crazy throws in the scout team, and really it all came down to 
you know, within the offense, being able to play the offense and still be able to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, now, you know, it's not, you know, we still have to be consistent, right? Number one thing about being a quarterback is consistency, but now we're starting to see those flashes once he's given more opportunity, right? He's got these crazy throws that guys are dropping. Yep. But it's just out of nowhere, he's rolling out, throwing to Jaden Reed right in his hands, right? So, uh, as long as LaFleur and Love can be on the same page along with Stenovich and they can do all this stuff, man, I, I hope, uh, we can have a baby Mahomes. I don't need a top five quarterback. I'll take, uh, I'll take athletic Matt Ryan for this year. Let's, let's hope we can get that. <laughs> but, uh, pretty excited. Jordan Love, he's cooking, man. Let's keep it up. Our defense, they were, uh, even though they sucked against the run, we were pretty, uh, formidable against the pass. You know, I know we had that little dip in the middle of the season, but for the most part, we were a top 10 pass defense unit and, you know, he's being solid against our guys. They're, they're still winning, but he, he's been pretty solid. So if he can keep it up, he's going to have a high floor. Go back out. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of conceded that Jordan Love is not Pat Mahomes. Um, not to say that he can't become that, you know. I mean, there, there is a path just based on how where his ceiling is or whatever. You never know. But... You know, the, the the starts to their careers are very different. Pat Mahomes came into the NFL, and day one was elite. Jordan Love came into the NFL and was terrible. I mean, just flat out. I mean, we, we, we didn't hear a single good thing about him until last year. So 2020 was not great. 2021 was not great. 2022 is when we heard he turned a corner. But even now, I mean, his his year three training camp is is nothing like what we heard about Pat Mahomes. I mean, his first day of training camp was terrible. His second day was okay but still kind of bad then three and four were great and four or five which was tuesday was terrible again so i'm not exactly expecting pat mahomes even at this point again can he grow into something great he has that ability sure but it's just it's so far it's it's very different thing than than pat mahomes although he makes some pat mahomes throws i think a lot of quarterbacks make great throws once in a while but uh, how often you do that compared to making bad throws kind of makes makes the full composition of how good of a quarterback you are. But we'll see. We will see. I'm very, very hopeful that um, moving forward we just have better and better days, you know, and, and a lot less of these just bad days. I understand it's a good defense, but that's no reason to throw passes right into defenders' chests and to overthrow guys and all that kind of stuff. That has nothing to do with defense. So I think when... Matt LaFleur said temper expectations. That's kind of what he meant. <laughs> Let's not call him Pat Mahomes. I think that's really all that meant. Hey, Ryan. Hey. It's Joe, the janitor. What's up, man? What's up? So, um, you wanted to touch on a couple things. So, as far as uh, white bread goes, uh, yeah, when we have that trash in my house, the only reason is for that, the children. I believe uh, white bread is exclusively for children under the age of maybe nine. And then, you know, transition something a little bit um, more adult-like. What's See, it's, it's funny because I'm mid-30s right now, and basic thoughts like that have not necessarily even occurred to me. <laughs> like, there's a lot of really good kinds of bread out there. Why don't you branch out? Plus, there's also things like you know you love sourdough bread. You know you love rye bread. 
more so than white bread. Why do you keep buying white bread? I was like, I don't know, dude. You just go to the store and like grab the thing. It's just a habit. I have no idea why I do that. I also, cheese. I thought I, I was of the opinion, first of all, that I love cheese. But it was only in my life I'd had like cheddar American mozzarella and that's pretty much it. And then those blends like Mexican and Italian cheese. And it's just some basic blends that taste almost identical to the other stuff. Then I went to that Mars Cheese Castle. And they have, like, cheeses just sitting out. And I was like, ooh, cheese. And they're like, oh, fancy cheeses and stuff. Oh, cool, I'll try it. And it, I hated it. It was so strong. And it's like, oh, this is disgusting. So I thought, okay, turns out I hate cheese. I just like, you know, the basic bland American cheeses. But then, and I kind of forget what they were. I think it might have been, like, either Munster or Gouda or something. That was, like, super creamy and delicious. I'm like, oh, this is good. And then there was another one. I think it's Gorgonzola, which is, like, really really, really strong. And a kind of cheese that I would have thought I hated, but went to this kind of nice Italian place and they sprinkled it on there and I thought it was amazing. I mean, it kind of blends with everything else, so you can't really pick it out until you try the cheese by itself. But then I went and bought some because I was like, oh, they put it on there. It's it's, it's the kind of cheese I thought for a million dollars I would have hated and I really like it. There's also, and I've talked about this, it was a long time ago on the podcast and I don't think anybody believed me, a cheese called Farmer's Cheese. I don't know if this is just a Wisconsin thing or what, or if it's just kind of a uh, a uh, term for a, a different kind of cheese that whatever, but the only name that I'm aware of is farmer's cheese, and it's really creamy and delicious and amazing. It's kind of like mozzarella. It's just a lot better. Point is, I feel like there's just habits that we kind of get stuck in. And it's it honestly, it just it is part of the reason why I didn't even realize until I was in my 30s that I was able to cook high-quality food. Like, it just didn't even occur to me. Like, if you want good food, you can go to a restaurant, which you can't afford, or you can make peanut butter and jelly. Like, those are your options. Or you can make, like, mac and cheese out of a box or something. Or order a pizza if you want. But, like, realizing you can pretty much make whatever you want. You know, you get a grill and make barbecued ribs. You can make a brisket. You can make... A real, and I mean, not just spaghetti and meatballs or, you know, spaghetti like you have in the past where you boil water, put noodles in it, and then dump a jar of sauce on it. Like, you can make legit Italian dishes if you want. Whatever you want to do, you can do it. And, and pretty much everything you need is at the just regular old grocery store. I mean, it's not like the big part because most people, I mean, 99% of the grocery store is just the garbage that everybody gets that is garbage. Frozen microwavable meals and you know, the white bread and all that kind of stuff. But they've got a little section there with, like, different kinds of cheeses. Like, actual nice baked bread. You've got a deli, you know? If you really want to branch out and get meat. Not, like, massively processed, stuffed into a box kind of thing. Just didn't, didn't occur to me that it was an option. I don't know why. Now, that's not to totally disparage white bread. I think it has its place. I think it's a fine, it's a fine item, you know? can make a, a, a solid grilled cheese or even just toast. I, I, I like white bread. It's fine. I don't want to just completely discard it, but you're right. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those things I continue to buy and I don't know why. There are a million better options than that for not very much more money, and um, I just don't do it. Whether it's rye, which I do Rye's amazing. Rye. Yep. Uh, wheat, eh. uh, or Italian, whatever. We're talking about toast or bread. You know, yeah, um, obviously stuff. when you're talking about burgers and buns, that's a whole nother game. But um, cheese for the burgers, try out the pepper jack, man. Pepper jack cheese on a. I love pepper jack. 
I don't know that it's my favorite on a burger just because it makes it a whole new thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a traditionalist when it comes to burgers. I just, I just want a burger. That's why it's like, I don't, I don't want bacon on my burger. I don't want an egg on my burger. I don't want barbecue sauce on my burger. I don't want pulled pork on my burger. I'll get one of those once in a while, but it's just a different thing. A burger is a burger. I just want a burger. I want meat, cheese, bun, done. That's it. That's all I want. But um, I do love pepper jack cheese. It's fantastic. Good burger. Uh, it's nice. You don't really need uh, much more than that. Also, I wanted to touch on uh, Jersey Mike. Hey, Jersey Mike. So, yeah, I do have to agree with you. I have a need for speed. And um, I believe in doing dangerous things carefully. So, uh, as long as you're careful while doing things dangerously, you should be all right. If you know what you're doing. Um, the one thing I had to disagree on Jersey Mike about is, though, the Harbor Freight tools. Yeah, um, Harbor Freight's not always the best quality. I would suggest just going to Home Depot because Home Depot also carries Milwaukee. And they have Husky tools, which Husky tools are good quality, and they have a lifetime warranty as well. Never had a problem with Husky tools. And you can get your Milwaukee stuff there as well. So, not enough about that nonsense. Um, got a question. What do you think is the most captivating training camp battle? Is it a wide receiver? Is it right tackle? Is it backup quarterback or is it safety in your opinion well gotta go show them did anyone else hear a cat was that on that blue's waiting uh-huh. is that uh was that on his end because i heard a cat very clearly and we have a cat that sometimes comes in. I, I just want to make sure he didn't just wander downstairs into my office i don't know this is very i'm freaking out man i'm, I'm just really starting to hear things i'm losing my mind so I was actually just thinking about this today. I don't know why. It was just, you know, I just stare at things and think things through or whatever. And um, I've been really, really thinking a lot about these camp battles just because that's kind of the only thing of, that's not the only thing of interest, but it's one of the biggest things that, that matters in this period. And there's really only one, in my opinion, legitimate battle that involves starters. And that's right tackle. Right there, there is a quarterback battle. It has nothing to do with starters. There is a running back battle that includes the number three running back. I don't know how many running backs we're going to have, but let's just pretend it's three. And and but but again, that that has nothing to do with our starting running backs. There's a question of whether Henry Pearson makes the roster as our lone fullback, unless you include you know Josiah, whatever. But that's eh. wide receiver. I mean, guys that are going to play, you know. But we know Watson, Dobbs, Reed, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable Ture is going to be that guy, largely because, again, Grant DeBose and Taywicks are injured. If that wasn't the case, we could maybe talk about a more serious battle, but there's really no battle now. So let's assume there's one more spot. Who gets it? I don't know. Probably Taywicks whenever he gets healthy or however that works. I don't really know, but yeah, probably him and maybe DeBose. Maybe it'll be Bo Melton. Maybe it'll be, uh, did I delete him? Where is he? He vanished off of my 53. It's the problem with just leaving this up here. I'm going to randomly grab my keyboard and hit delete and something's gone. Sometimes I do that. I'll just push push a button and then it replaces things. What the heck is that guy's name? Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, it's not, eh, it's whatever. Tight end, there's really no battle there. 
defensive line, I mean, there's, you know, is Jonathan Ford going to be on there? I don't know, maybe. Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden, most likely. Is Slayton also going to be in? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Eh. Linebacker, I don't think there's a competition. Cornerback, I mean, the Ballantyne-Valentine thing is interesting. Um, but again, we know it's Jair, Razul, and Keyshawn. Now, maybe Keyshawn doesn't hold on to that job. It's entirely possible, but I think he's going to. I think the Packers really like the guy. I think he's a hard worker. I think he's you know, a talented guy. I think you know, if, if they had a, a, an excuse to you know, not have him do that and special teams, maybe they would prefer that. But And there was a time when I thought maybe Innes was going to creep up on him, but I think that's kind of faded away. Safety, I think it's Savage and Four. That's what it's been the entire time. Now, behind him, I'm pretty sure it's still Jonathan Owens and Dallin Levitt. Maybe not. Tavarius Moore, maybe Anthony Johnson, but we're not talking about starters. So... I, I think the the I, I guess you would call it right tackle battle, but the offensive line situation is is probably the one that matters the most. Although I'm still fairly confident that that's locked in as Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, Tom, which essentially is to say there's not a lot of starting positions that I think are up for grabs. Which is another reason why when everybody looks at this team and they're like, "Oh, this team's no good," everything's established. You know, really bad football teams have a lot of competitions. There's a lot of guys that that are gaining jobs, losing jobs. The, the Jets right now have nobody that's locked in at offensive line, basically. They have Makai Becton, who's one of the best offensive line prospects to come out of college football in like a decade. The guy can't even win a starting job right now. He's in a competition. In fact, tomorrow, I think, is... Uh, is it tomorrow? What is today? Today, Wednesday? Um... Yeah, tomorrow is the first preseason game. We have real football, real preseason football tomorrow. Their head coach said the starters are not going to play. Makai Becton is going to play because he is not a presumed starter. He is fighting for a starting job. We don't really have that. We got a quarterback. We got our running backs. We got our wide receivers. We got our tight ends. We got our our offensive line pretty well established. We know how our starting defensive line is. Um, maybe edge, I, I, I you know. If we just look at it as, as number one and number two, we could say the number two spot, but it kind of feels inevitable. First of all, we know Rashawn Gary is number one and Preston is number two, so that's kind of established. And we also can presume that Lucas Van Ness will get that job eventually. It's just a question of when. Maybe Holland's week one and then Lucas as, as the season rolls on, but he's also going to be in the rotation, so it's not really a, a massive battle. It's just you know, it's not what's going to happen. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen. So yeah, I mean, everything's locked up. We know who our linebackers are. We know who our corners are. We know who our safeties are. The only other actual potential camp battle, I guess, would be uh, Daniel Whelan or Pat O'Donnell, which I, I would say is not really a competition, but a lot of people are excited about how good Whelan looked. And I think Pat maybe, I mean, I think he graded out pretty terribly last year. He's never really been that good of a punter, to be honest. I mean, just from a statistical or grade standpoint. I think he's just solid, consistent, good holder, works well in cold weather, veteran, likable guy, the whole nine yards, so it's 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 a safe thing to do, but I think it's a winnable job for Whelan. I don't think he's going to win it, but it's it's something that could maybe happen. And it's kind of unfortunate because there's just not a lot uh, that's going on that's massively impactful. It's still interesting. I want to know who gets the number three running back spot, but I, I just feel like everything's pretty well locked in right now. But anyways, I got to get going. Uh, you guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Uh, just as a uh, kind of reminder, tomorrow's podcast, there was no training camp today. Um, Monday or whatever day it was, I was supposed to have a podcast. It was done. It was ready. I forgot to hit publish or whatever. So 
Monday's episode will be tomorrow. So if there's anything as far as referencing something that the dates seem weird, that would be why. So just a heads up. You guys have a good night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.